Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Florence. Each week, we'll bring you a special guest that will truly motivate, inspire, and encourage you to never lose sight of who you are, what it is you're meant to do, and to offer valuable advice on what steps you can take to help you believe in yourself, achieve your dreams, and ultimately lead you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. Just imagine on those days you feel drained and then you show up for other people and energy, energy is shared, especially in a small space like a, a training room. And um, I don't, I never think it's fair to my clients if I show up depleted because it's my job to um, build them up and to give them energy and to empower them in their workouts or whatever they're going through in life. And so I think it's really important as um, a trainer, as a, as a boss, as a wife, as a mother to um, carve out time for my own self-care. Um, and that looks like for me, it's, I love running, gets me out, gets me out into the outdoors. It's time to think. Sometimes it's time, time to listen to podcasts. Um, so I know I, I don't negotiate with that. I schedule runs into my week. Um, and that's different from coaching and teaching. You lead a class, get a workout, teaching a cycle class. It's different. Your energy is going out towards people, into people. We need to carve out time to fill our own tanks back up. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast. Super excited to bring a new friend of mine on. I've met through the Todd Durkin Mastermind Group, Lisa Harrington. Um, Lisa is a, a seasoned expert in the fitness and nutrition world. Uh, Lisa, after almost a decade in marketing and public relations, took a leap, followed her passion, and opened a full-service boutique studio, which employs 40-plus and offers 70 classes per week. Lisa, I don't know if that's changed at all, but I'll let you jump in in a second. Um, Lisa is very active in her business alongside her business partners. Lisa wears many hats like all of us. I'm sure um, we can relate. And Lisa stays very involved with her business by doing personal training and, um, uh, and jumping in on her group fitness classes. Lisa loves what she does and often calls it movement therapy. So Lisa, welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so how was uh, sunny California these, uh, this time of day? Sunny California is getting Sunny cold <laughs> it's getting cold but i won't say that to you because it, i think it's only in the 60s here right now maybe oh. inching up to 70 it's dry it's definitely i live in the valley so okay we get dry heat up here yeah we're uh we have a little bit of a heat heat spell going on we're in the uh, 70s today so <laughs> not not normal for this time of year in north carolina so um so lisa thanks for coming on i know you're super busy with your business and your family and everything so appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us here today. Um, Lisa, uh, I'm going to jump right into it and um, just want to let our listeners know who Lisa Harrington is. And can you tell us a little bit about kind of your path of kind of where you are today and how you got started with your company? Yes, of course. Um, again, thanks so much for having me. I love the opportunity to hop on and share and, and talk with friends in the industry and um, out to all of your listeners. I Let's see, I've been in this business I think for as long as I can remember, um, I, I was a collegiate athlete and, um, I remember everyone kept asking me questions about their knee pain and their workouts in college. And I thought, 
do I have kinesiology written on my door? Cause I don't think so. But then I realized it was because I was so passionate about um, those topics myself. And I really lived it back in college and working out and eating healthy. And I think I mirrored it so much so that other people noticed. And that's why they came to me for advice. And so it was, it wasn't, you know, me wanting to go into the industry. It was just sort of, I was led into the industry um, because it was a passion and I found purpose. And I, I graduated actually with a degree in communications and I worked in PR and marketing for, for a while. I, anywhere I worked, I worked for the San Diego fire department. I helped them build a wellness program there. I worked for the Sacramento Kings. I helped them do fitness initiatives there. So anywhere I was, I was always doing fitness on the side. Mm -hmm. And I was also working in fitness on the side. I, um, in San Diego interned with Todd Jerkin at Fitness Quest 10 after I did an exercise science program um, through UC San Diego. My internship led me out to Fitness Quest and it was such a blessing, um, you know, working there for two years as an intern and then a trainer. I learned so much about the nuts and bolts of owning and running a business. And so when I decided to take the le- take a leap, um, I had moved up to Northern California And there was a point in my marketing career that it just made sense to try something new. And um, at that time, I was teaching outdoor boot camps, again, as the side hustle hobby. And those outdoor boot camps turned into what is now Fit House. And um, yes, I think that bio, that was pre-pandemic bio. And we did, we had 47 employees then. Um, Right now, I think we're about 27. Um, 28, which is super awesome still. I mean, we were able to employ anybody who wanted to stay employed through the pandemic. Um, I live in a college town. And so many times the staff we do lose, it's because they've graduated and they've moved on and out Mm -hmm. of the city. Um, So, yep. So we are a full service boutique studio. We teach um, boot camp was the first program mm-hmm. and now we have a power vinyasa yoga program a cycle program indoor cycling classes power pilates bar and trx classes and then besides that it's personal and group training and so you can't just come into the gym and work out on your own um, you're either coming to take a class or you're coming to work out with others and that has really really helped with community building um, just throughout the last decade of being in business at Fit House. So Lisa, what was that experience like when you were, you know, as you were in college and you said you kind of, you were always involved with fitness in some aspect for anyone listening right now who maybe has a similar kind of mindset of they're, they love fitness, but they're not sure uh, what direction to take it. What, and what really led you to, to want to make that change from, you know, your, while you're in college and then jumping into your internship over at uh, Fitness Quest 10 and uh, kind of everything along the way. What, what was that process like, that path? And what would you kind of advise that person who's not sure they want to do it, but they're not sure if they should take that leap? I think that we have jobs and then we have professions that we're led to because um, it's something that interests us or it's a passion of ours. Right. And I mean, looking back throughout my teenage years and and college, the magazines that I would buy at the grocery stores were fitness related magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, The things that I would choose to read were fitness and nutrition related. I was always doing my own research because I was really interested in it. And then 
And then suddenly I was getting questions from friends and family members who knew that I knew a lot about the topics because I was always researching for no reason other than it was really enjoyable to me. And then um, in school, I had a lot of elective units I was allowed to take um, because of my communication major. So I ended up taking electives in kinesiology, in sports management. And so I chose to take classes that aligned with my passion. And then once I was in San Diego, I was at 24 hour fitness. <laughs> I was working out there and um, I realized that I wanted to start teaching classes because when you're in classes and you think you can not do it a little bit better, but just, you think you want to add your own spice to it. Um, you want to take, take over the class, right? <laughs> yeah. The next step is, but I also knew I didn't have the knowledge um, that I wanted because in our industry, we work with people's bodies. We work with their knees. We work with their um, injuries. We help them rehab and they, we help them build stronger bodies and minds. And I knew I needed the nuts and bolts. So instead of just doing an online certification, I ended up enrolling back at UC San Diego for an exercise science and fitness instruction. Um, it was a certificate program for working professionals. It was a little over a year, um, night classes, and it was awesome. Cause then mm -hmm. I felt empowered with the information and um, I knew what I was doing and I was confident. And then from there, you know, I started training, I started teaching, I landed at Fitness Quest and the rest is history. Was that, was that after he had already, you know, completed, you've gone through, uh, graduated and decided to make that shift? Was, were you already working, you know? It, it was, um, I was working and the program, the, the final piece of the program was the internship. And it was just a list. I think there were 10 places I could okay. check out. I live by the beach in San Diego and Fitness Quest is about 30 minutes from mm -hmm. where I lived. So I remember driving out there because I was doing some research, checking all the places out and thinking, wow, this is a long drive. And, um, <laughs> and then, oh, there's another fly. <laughs> and then um, the there's just a feeling, the feeling at Fitness Quest upon walking in there. The energy that we all feel today, if anybody here listening has been to Fitness Quest, there's just this undescribable, incredible energy. And it was there in 2004, 2005. Um, and I left there thinking, I don't care how far this drive is. I want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I was at a crossroads in my career because I was working full-time during the days in PR and marketing. And then driving out to Fitness Quest, working as a trainer and changing in my car and we moved, we moved from San Diego to Northern California. And I remember thinking, okay, is this when I, I go into the fitness world full-time? Cause I really love doing it. I wouldn't do this if I, if I didn't love it. Um, but my path led me to another job in marketing and, um, and it was a great job, but there was always this pull to do more in the fitness world. And so when the opportunity presented itself, um, you know, I'd been teaching bootcamp for about a year with a partner and our classes had grown. We needed a space. And at that time it, it was that fork in the road moment where I decided, let's just try this. Let's, let's, you know, let's quit the nine to five job and let's, let's go for it. Yeah, anyone um, listening who has that, um, you know, profession that they're in, that there's that inner tug, of really what they're 
and that's your that's your passion kind of trying to jump outside of your body right and you want yeah. <laughs> you want to like experience and, and and just do your best of and and love what you're doing so um that's awesome that you jumped and made that leap a lot of people would not have done that so uh especially you know if they're in that solid you know solid career path and um society saying you have to go this way and you and you took the other you took the other fork so um, yeah well and and i do have to add test the waters if you have that feeling inside of you gnawing to do something different follow your passion instead of just quitting completely whatever you're doing and taking that leap of faith test the waters and you can do that through volunteering you do it through just dabbling um i always say just dabble first before you do anything drastic Mm -hmm. Cause it's, yeah. it's not an easy road, but it's definitely worth it when you know what you want to do. Yeah. That's great advice. Don't, don't quit your day job first. <laughs> don't, <laughs> that's better advice from Lisa. Don't listen to me. Listen to what she's like, <laughs> Go, get a, yeah, get a, get a little bit of uh, experience first. Uh, Lisa, I've got so many questions, uh, but first I want to talk to you a little bit more about your company fit house. Um, and when you started it and, and the clients that you're serving. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of, I know you, um, a little bit more about the community that you are serving and about, um, you know, when you started it and um, anything that's changed or evolved since obviously the pandemic, but uh, has probably made you make some changes. But uh, what's different from when you when you did start to, to up this point? So, so much is different. It, it really started because we moved to Davis, which is a, an active community, but there were no outdoor boot camps when we moved here. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, I wasn't super happy about leaving the beach, but I, I remember thinking, all right, this is a smaller community. What can I bring here that I miss from there? And for me, it was, I mean, it was Todd's boot camps that sort of like also got me embedded into Fitness Quest 10. Um, and I loved him so much. And I'm like, I, that's something I can bring here. I can start boot camp, a boot camp program. I started with just a couple people in the park. I did it with a friend. Um, we led it together. And you know, I think we had a couple of family members, a friend we talked into coming. So it started really small. And over the years, it grew and it grew. Um, you know, I think that first couple of years, I was still working full time. And so we we used to talk. I will never forget this. We did it at an elementary school and it was pouring one day when we showed up and we talked the custodian into opening up the gym and he let us in the gym. And then that kind of became a thing. Whenever the weather was bad, we would talk the custodian in. Um, Felix, if you're listening to this, I love you because he did. We didn't have a space, but he just kind of like made it happen for us. Uh, but we we quickly grew out of that. And then the leap of faith was opening the brick and mortar. And that was to service this boot camp community that had grown. We were teaching multiple classes. Um, and we wanted to, we found this incredible power of vinyasa yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. There was no yoga in Davis that was like, you know, people are chomping at the bit to go to. Right. So like, let's bring it here. So we just kind of started to look at what was outside of our smaller town. What were the trends in the industry? Find the people who could teach those disciplines and then bring the programs to Fit House. And so over the years, that's how we brought programs into the studio. It was, what does Davis not have? What can we bring here? Um, and and then, you know, a, our next door neighbor tenant moved out. We took over the space next door. And so we just kind of grew with no plan, but an idea that we wanted to bring 
um, new things to Davis that we didn't see happening here. And so that was, that was really the basis behind it. But since then, um, my partner that I started with, she transitioned out during the pandemic um, to do, to focus more on online fitness. And then I actually have three other partners now. So there's four of us. Okay. And that was really because my life changed a lot from opening, starting the boot camp to now. I had no kids. Um, now I have a lot of kids. And we were constantly, you know, we were growing and we were taking on new spaces and we were taking on more risk and more rent. And I just knew that in order for this business to run well, it couldn't just be me or it couldn't just be two of us. Um, Because the two of us that started it are excellent teachers. I will say that right now. Like we are excellent fitness instructors. The business side of it, it's hard for me to sit down and get the nuts and bolts done, the stuff that makes the business run. So the people that we found um, and that we brought in are amazing. They're also teachers. They're absolutely incredible. And they're really good at the things that I don't do well. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the uh, questions I'm sure audience is wondering, did Felix, what what was his name again? Felix. 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 Did he ever jump in on the classes or did he ever become a founding member? He was was the best and biggest cheerleader ever. (laughs) And no, I've never gotten him to, but you know what? I think if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure if we would still be here. All right. We're going to give a round of applause for Felix. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's those helpers in your, in your life. You don't really, you know, I mean, give, give those people credit a lot. Credit. That's right. I just envisioned like a bunch of people sneaking in behind trees and running into the gymnasium. Or whatever. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> so just, that, just that visual is kind of funny. Um yeah. So, and what's the, so speaking of partners and anyone who's involved with the business now and, um, is think about it. What's that dynamic like for your partnerships? I know you like you just you hit on a little bit about you know, surrounding yourselves with people who do things better than what you do or things that you don't like to do um, to make the business tick. Um, what's the dynamic with your current like situation with your partners? I'm smiling. In case you're listening, just in case you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm smiling because it's a it's a it's a loaded question in the sense that um, we've all learned that communication is the number one most important thing um, that you need to have open lines of communication. You need to not be afraid to have the hard conversations. Um, Sometimes you might need to bring in a third party and, you know, moderate conversations um, just from a business standpoint, but the dynamic now it feels it's, it's incredible. I mean, I feel like every, the four of us work really well together. We each have our own disciplines. Mm -hmm. One manages the yoga program. I don't teach yoga. I don't want to manage it because they know a lot more than I do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the boot camp program. So we each have our own discipline. We know our lanes. We have um, meetings on the schedule, blocked out. And we have a team. We have a marketing, um, an incredible marketing director. We have an office manager. So we have a lot of people now right. that we always need to make sure that the four of us are on the same page. So when the information goes out to everybody else, it makes sense and they know what they're supposed to do. Um, so we've really had to work on our communication up top. And that is, uh, that is a hundred percent key to a successful business communication. Yes. And we are, um, I've got a couple of people we're discussing um, from our end about potential partnership that we're working on the back end. So that's, that's kind of why I asked that because the dynamics I've always seen, you know, seen and heard it's, they're all different, but, and everyone 
ultimately comes back to the same thing, and that's surrounding themselves uh, with someone who can make the business stronger with skill set that they don't enjoy or maybe they're a little weekend. So uh, I'm one of those as well. Marketing is not my, my not my strength. So I'm, I'm currently trying to find somebody who can help grow that part. So um, well, great sometimes I got to add, sorry, I have all these things to add, but I think they're important. Looking yeah. from within, I feel like our best, um, best people we found from within their clients, their you know, they're doing that extra work, um, not getting paid for it because they love it because they were me years ago. And so just kind of starting from within, and if you can't find from within, then going outside, but you want to bring people in that know the culture of your business, Mm -hmm. um, versus bring somebody in, they go, what is this fitness industry? It's like the wild, wild west. Right. Right. bunch of chickens running around their heads cut off sometimes. Right. So, um, yeah, no, we, we, I, I agree. We've hired uh, two of our best trainers have come really it was just two people randomly. I picked off the floor. So, uh, just kind of keep, keeping your eyes on what's currently in your business. Cause sometimes you might have a gem in the rough. So, uh, yep. so great advice. Um, Lisa, what's some of uh, the um, challenges that you currently face on a day-to-day, you know, dealing with the business and juggling life and like, any advice you offer to that um, busy, you know, mom or dad out there who are trying to do something similar or or thinking of doing something you're doing? I, staffing is a challenge for us right now. Again, just being in a college town, um, our staff is pretty um, tra- transitional. I mean, we'll bring in somebody, train them up. They're incredible. They graduate and rightfully so they spread their wings. Right. Um, so staffing is a challenge. And uh, I think still, there's a lot of fear um, with clients coming back. You know, we were in Davis, we were locked down for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had COVID restrictions about being in the studio, wearing masks for a long time in, right. in California. And so I think there there's still people trickling in and they haven't been inside the studio for two years. And there's, you know, this fear and this nervousness about committing to something again, because the rug was pulled out from all pulled out from under all of us for a long time. So it's almost like they're, they don't quite trust that this is going to work if they right. step. So they're still kind of just managing those emotions. Um, but I wouldn't say that's a challenge. I think it's, all, it's, it's a, you know, it's a gift that we get to give people is this, is this, right. they come back in and the community is there and um, yeah, it really lights people up. So, so I think yeah. staffing would be my number one. Yeah, I, the challenge is that we're, I mean, we're facing uh, is really just trying to get creative with who we have left from the pandemic uh, and, and marketing towards um, getting new people in the door. So our, our all locations are two different, vastly different demographics. Um, one location is younger 30s um, to kind of maybe mid 40s and our other ones probably heavily with a it's surrounded by three or four retirement communities. So it's probably um, not exaggerating 55 to 65%, 65 plus. So our programming is completely different. So it's been a challenging for us to try and bring, bring those people back who really are um, still on that fence and uh, who are used to things the way they were and, and want things changed. So that's, so those are a lot of things that we're dealing with right now is from a programming standpoint of, um, you know, catering to who we currently have left from the pandemic and, bring those other people back. So I can relate to the, to the staffing too, and, and the challenges. So from, from a business perspective, um, it gets to be very um, uh, time consuming when you're trying to get staff and you're really trying to develop programs for people who want to be there. So 
so Lisa, what would you say um, to that person who's thinking, hey, I want to start a business right now or or um, maybe some do's or don'ts or something that you wish you would have done differently? Uh, I would say um, don't start out with absolutely no business plan like I did. Um, but again, I think that I didn't really I didn't really see the future. I just knew in the moment wanted to start a boot camp class. Um, and, and then because there was no plan, there were no steps to follow. Mm-hmm. It sort of felt like this mumbo jumbo. Um, and it's gotten to a great spot, but I think there just like has been a lot of heartache in the middle trying to navigate no plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also with that, if you do have a plan, I would say be flexible because things change. You might add programs that don't actually fit. Um, don't be afraid to pull them. I think right now we struggle with that a little bit because we have so many classes on the schedule. I'm not quite sure if they all fit, if the times work, there's a little fear of pulling something once you put it on a schedule. Um, but I, I think that being flexible with the plan is much better than trying to make something work that is just not working. Um, and, and again, dabble. I mean, if you're, if you want to get into editing, start editing friends papers, it's just like figure out what you love doing and then offer to do it with friends and family and figure out if you actually like, would like to do this as a job before you start something, um, and have a plan, but a loose, a loose plan, not a stuck in the mud plan. So I think that has its own problems. Yeah. And it's a lot of, uh, a lot of people out there wondering, you know, and they're stuck in what they're doing and wondering if it's the path that's kind of meant for them and they're for too afraid to jump out of that and try something new. So, uh, I talked to a lot of people daily who were wanting to switch careers or, you know, are curious about the fitness industry particularly, and, but just want, aren't sure if, if it's meant for them. Wanted to jump over to, um, your personal story, if that's okay. Um, can you tell the listeners um, a little bit about your personal story, how it relates to your your current success um, in business and life in general? Yes, of course. Um, I, I feel as though my personal story is a story of tragedy. It's a story of resilience. Um, it's also a story of triumph because if I look at where I am now compared to where I was, um, I am, I feel so blessed with the life that I have now. It's a beautiful life and I'm grateful for every single person in it. Um, I also have learned to honor the son that I lost. I lost my first son for anybody listening. Um, he was a twin. And so I have a 10 year old who was also born at the same time, Brady and Luke and Brady passed away and at birth. And so it was in that moment, 10 years ago, I became a new mom and I was tasked with holding grief and joy in the same sphere. Um, And back then the grief was very, very heavy and I couldn't see the future. I couldn't see the light. Um, I was so grateful for the, for Luke, for my son who did survive. And, um, and it was also the same year that 
we opened uh, Fit House Brick and Mortar. And mm-hmm. so I also had this business baby. Um, and truthfully, the business baby was the last thing on my mind. I think when you lose somebody close to you, you realize that um, just the human connection, how powerful it is. And right. there are things and there are people. And for me, the loss of my son was one of those life-changing moments that um, really led me to where I am today. And today that is, I I now have four beautiful kids that I'm raising, um, 10, nine, seven, and five. So it's a pretty busy household. I don't know if that's what life would have looked like had, had we not lost Brady. And that's something that I've learned to honor. I will forever miss him. I will forever wish he was here. And I am so grateful for who we have now. And I don't know if that would look the same had we not experienced this loss. And so I've learned to honor loss um, and where it can lead you. Mm-hmm. I've, earned, I've learned to honor it in, in um, what it can teach you. No, I'm a more patient mom. I'm, I, I really like, don't take, I never took for granted, um, come just my kids that I had after I never took for granted, bringing them home, um, from the hospital. I didn't, I never took for granted the late nights feeding them because I realized, well, I get to do this. Um, and then it's made me a, a better wife in the sense that we really had to learn to communicate my husband and I through the, especially the initial stages of grief, because we were grieving differently. I was loud. I was sad. I was depressed. I was open with my grief. My husband was quiet with his, and it took us talking about it. It took us going to therapy. It took us realizing that we're both hurting in different ways, but we're both hurting. Mm -hmm. And so we need to respect our different paths on this. And, um, and, support each other, uh, each other through it. And I think that learning to communicate during such a challenging time in our life has made our marriage stronger. And, um, those lines of communication remain open to this day. Um, I think from a business standpoint, I remember feeling like we had lost so much and I also didn't want to lose this business that I'd started because I loved it. And so it really in, in that, during that time, it was just sorting through um, this new normal that felt mm-hmm. very different. You know, I, I think everybody doesn't like the word new normal because of the pandemic, but I think we don't like the word new normal because it's new normal and it doesn't feel the same as it did in the before Great. and the before um, you know, 2020 vision, the before, mm-hmm was what we knew. And this new normal is what we don't know. And we don't like to do things that we don't know that we feel like are a little out of our control. Um, and so it took a lot of time to settle into that new normal. Um, but I did realize that in the new normal, what we do have control over is bringing who we are or who we were um, before a loss of any kind and we can bring that person with us into the new normal um, and be a better version of who we were before. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I had to like find the things that I could control during the hardest parts of the grief and um, hold on to those and 
really, I mean, there's no, there's no road <laughs> talking about no plans. There's no planning, no roadmap for loss and how it's going to feel for every person. Um, cause it, it can be very different, but what I can say is there's definitely stages and that those initial stages were really, really hard. And, um, you know, I felt like I would take five steps forward and 25 backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, but the most important thing is just trusting that moving forward, isn't going to knock you down again. It might, it might, but if we get stuck, we're not going anywhere. And so you have to move forward in order to, I think, get through some of those initial stages of grief, grief and start to see the bigger picture, start to see the beauty in all of it and start to honor the hard parts of it because they build you up. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that, what I mean by that is they, you know, I feel like I'm a more empathetic person that was added to my person. Um, I, and I just, I see life from a different sense of, I I say, I see life from a different pair of glasses now, Mm -hmm. um, what's important and what I focus on versus, um, what's not important and what we can let go of. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, having, uh, family members who went through something similar, um, to what you and your husband experienced when I first listened to you. And I think I mentioned this to you when we we're out in California, it, when I first listened to your, um, podcast with Todd, um, really hit close, you know, hit close to home for me. Um, and having seen my, um, two family members go through that and, um, how, um, they handled it very differently and, um, hearing your story and hearing how, um, how, how you were able to ha- handle it and, and your husband. And, um, I, it really made me, um, like take a step back and think, um, you know, and really how valuable every situation or every person is, you know, more importantly, every person is put in our path and, um, how it, how it, um, can strengthen us and how we handle those things. And, um, I was just amazed how strong of a person you were and like telling your story. So really knowing it's, you know, it's helped a lot of people. And and once they listen to it and, um, and people who are struggling with that and how to help them kind of get through it, cause it's not an easy thing to, you know, to deal with and communicate with your partner, um, especially when you're grieving. So, um, yeah. so, uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to thank you and, you know, in person for being, for sharing that message and how important that it really is. Um, and help me help me take a step back and, and evaluate my own um you know love and appreciation and how blessed you are with your family and your kids and everything so you know mm-hmm. family's always family's always at the forefront so no matter what you're doing um nothing else matters unless you have your family and you know and you're and you're strong within your family so yeah. um so thank of, you for that of course and and i i do have to add that if anybody's going through anything i know it really helps me was making a list when I felt called to do it. Cause for a long time, I didn't want to do anything. And it was almost paralyzed in, in this grief. Um, but when I started to want to um, work through it, um, one of the most important things that I did was write a list of, of really truly who I was, what I valued, um, what I'm, I missed about myself prior to the grief. And it was, it was simple things like, I mean, faith, of course, friends, family, um, mm-hmm. the business, it was 
feeling good, you know, putting healthy things in my body and not feeling tired all the time to right. sleep. And it was even down to my smile. I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, I miss smiling because I know that my smile made other people feel good. Mm-hmm. And so hold on a second. I have control over that. I can start smiling again. And that was a, that made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the power of a smile, even when you don't want to is right. a really important thing. Yes, absolutely. Which kind of um, leads me to, you know, as uh, a business owner, leader, and a coach, um, can you talk to us a little bit of how important um, self-care is and how to you know, prioritize in that, especially if you're a coach, trainer, or in a leadership position, um, and how it's important that we show up, you know, to be our very best selves uh, in terms of, you know, when we deal with our clients, uh, our team, our staff, uh, so that they give their um, very best uh, self when it comes to their training and, and life in general. Yeah. I mean, ju- just imagine on those days you feel drained and then you show up for other people and energy, uh, energy is shared, especially in a small space, like a, a training room. And um I don't, I never think it's fair to my clients if I show up depleted because it's my job to um, build them up and to give them energy and to empower them in their workouts or whatever they're going through in life. And so I think it's really important as um, a trainer, as a, as a boss, as a wife, as a mother to um, carve out time for my own Mm -hmm. self-care. And that looks like for me, it's, I love running, gets me out, gets me out into the outdoors. It's time to think. Sometimes it's time, time to listen to podcasts. Um, so I know I, I don't negotiate with that. I schedule runs into my week. Um, and that's different from coaching and teaching. You lead a class, you get a workout, teaching a cycle class. It's different. Your energy is going out towards people, mm-hmm. into people. We need to carve out time to fill our own tanks back up. Um, so Working out, eating healthy, sleep is a big one. It's a hard thing to do in our industry, but mm-hmm. the more sleep we get, the better we feel. And it, the easier it is to, I think, not just to listen to clients, but also to process what they're saying and right. to come back with, um, you know, with advice and tools that can really help them with whatever they're going through. Right. I, I have to share a quick little story. I have a client I've had for a really long time and she lost her partner um, of 10 years to a sudden heart attack. Mm -hmm. And she came in one day and I, it was a day I was pretty tired and she came in and she said, how did you do this? I said, how did I do what? And she said, how did you grieve? And she's in her, I mean, she's, I think in her late sixties, so this is her first time really experiencing true grief, which I thought was interesting, can right. hit at any point in our life. And I thanked her for asking me that question because I thought it was really important for her to reach out to somebody that might understand how to guide her through mm-hmm. grief. Um, and so we did, we discussed the different stages she might experience or might not, what it may feel like and how important working out showing up for herself. Um, if she couldn't do it, she had me in her corner, finding somebody who's an accountability coach. And we had the most incredible conversation about this roadmap for her, um, while she was experiencing grief for the first time. And I, I had to dig deep that day. Cause I was tired. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought to myself, that was such an important conversation um, that I I rose up to the occasion for it. But that's a perfect example of you got to be on your game because you don't know who's going to walk in and what kind of energy they're going to need from you. And if you're depleted and if you're in your own stuff and somebody comes in with something big like that, you've, you've got to be there and step up and, you know, meet them where they're at and not pull them down to, to your level. Right. Yeah. I mean, self-care, uh, if you're in the fitness industry, I mean, any industry really. Right. But especially the fitness industry where people are coming to us to get better and to feel better, uh, physically, mentally. Um, and if we're not on top of our game, then, uh, it's hard for us to do our job. And I like to tell our team, you know, when, you know, we have to, it's hard to sometimes, but we have to leave our, um, our, our, our bad days kind of at the door when you come in, if you can. And, you know, the lights are on. It's like Broadway, you know, the, once I love the light, that. when the lights come on, we're on and, uh, and really try and, and to give our very best. It's hard on some days, but if, uh, if we can learn to, to leave it and, and check it at the door, then it helps get through that day a little bit easier uh, for sure. Uh, uh, Lisa, since you're so involved with your business and I know you love what you do because I can see it and hear it. Um, and um, I, I love your website, by the way. So when I was looking over your website, uh, so and, and you, I know you love it, but um, can you spend a little time on what you call movement therapy, movement ther- therapy and how you see the future of fitness? Yes, of course. I I think that term just comes from what we all do on a daily basis in the fitness industry. We um, coach, we train, we lead, uh, we inspire through movement, through fitness, through exercise, and that always makes it always makes people feel better. I feel like I, I train my clients to walk in the door and think to themselves, "How do I feel right now? What's holding me back?" Just like we talked about at the retreat. And then when they leave after a workout, ask themselves before they let the rest of the day get into their brains, how do I feel right now? Because I want them to feel that change and notice it and not let it be a fleeting feeling or moment. Um, And I think that this really, I mean, from a personal standpoint, when going back to my loss, when, when when I lost Brady, I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, I remember thinking, wow, who was I, this trainer before, who everything was about the physical. You know, I, I, I had lost my grandpa a year earlier and it was really hard. And I remember going for this long run and coming back and just thinking, okay, all right, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, start again in this new normal without my grandfather. But the grief of losing a child was very different. It was no physical activity um, made it feel better in the beginning. But what I knew I needed to work on was my um, mental strength. Mm-hmm. I, I had to find a place where I was going to be okay to live with this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to be strong enough to be there for my husband and my surviving son. And, um, and so I remember thinking, all right, so this industry is not just about the physical strength. It's about the mental strength because mm-hmm. sometimes it's our job to get people, we meet people to a place where they're really stuck and we got to get past that emotional barrier first, why they're stuck, why they're too nervous to come into a class or to make it a consistent thing. Right. And, and then from there, once you get them in, 
once you start, once they start, you know, doing some exercises and feeling like you go to a class, you start something, you stop it, you get to check the box, you complete it. It does something good for our brains. And so there's, there, there's this whole dynamic with mental strength and emotional strength and physical strength that I think we find in studios and gyms. And um, if you break it down, I, it's, it's movement therapy. That's what we do. And what I would love to see is um, I do these little, you know, 20, 30 minute um, consultations or meetings with clients where we talk about what's going on. Right. And then from there, and this is just with a select few, the ones who want to do it. And we just like offload it, mm-hmm. figure out what they're feeling. And then we go into the studio and then we do a workout for 30 minutes. So it's this opportunity to kind of just like download and then go use that energy in a workout. And I would love to see that implemented a little bit more in the industry, you know, not therapy, but more, more wellness coaching and counseling. Um, There's, and do that and listen and talk to each other and then go and get it out, get rid of it. Right. Yeah. I was on a podcast with um, uh, someone probably three weeks ago, and he had brought up um, for our industry particular is he was interested in same, same, just what you just exactly what you just said from a coaching standpoint of when we go through our certifications and our education process of incorporating more of a, um, a mental component to that or, or more of so that we all as trainers and coaches and everyone listening to this who is a coach or wants to be a coach at some point in your career um and and most likely probably all the time you'll have your clients are going to come with you um, with a little bit of baggage that they're looking to you to solve not just help them physically there but they're going to talk to you about their problems and they're going to look to you for help and sometimes i mean i'm going to be honest with you i I didn't know how to answer half the stuff and so i don't know about you but like um, it's nice to be able to do exactly what you're talking about, sit them in a room and let's just talk and, yeah. and get that out and, and kind of just, just talk to them as a person, not as their coach, just as a friend. And then, like you said, take that energy up and then take that with you into, into another room and use that to your advantage. And I think it's, I think that's, um, uh, spot, spot on. And we, and we should, uh, um, definitely look to, uh, encourage others to maybe who are ha- developing these programs to make that part of the future. And um, so that future coaches or even current coaches can start to, you know, make that part of their arsenal when they're, when they're getting their certifications. Uh, I know there are separate degrees that you can go out and get, but if they can make that even a bigger or part of the component, then yeah. it'll help a lot of new, new um, trainers coming into the industry or coaches. And so Absolutely. I agree yes. 100%. Sometimes it's just having the right communication techniques, being Mm -hmm. able to listen, being able to process and, um, and it's not that passive listening where you're not quite listening, Um, but it's just, it's just learning the tricks and tools of, of communication and that helps guide. And I mean, maybe it needs a different name. If anybody listening has a better name for movement therapy, because I also still feel like there's a stigma with therapy and with exercise. And so sometimes people don't, you know, therapy, there's something wrong with me. No, there's not. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, fitness, it's all aesthetic. No, it's not. We're going into the mind too. Mm-hmm. And so if we can marry those two somehow in our industry, call it something else, I don't know, and make it a little bit more organized. I think mm-hmm. it would be an incredible service for people. Yeah. And, and especially with the, you know, the constant, um, stress, um, 
going on in everyone's life and you know the mind the body the soul um what what would you say um or what are your thoughts and just how important you know that physical fitness is and or exercise for is for the mental health i mean what do you think about i mean it it obviously helps right from what we see and know um, uh, 100% so i don't yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but so we have a lot of people, like I said, in my other location, we have a lot of senior citizens who are dealing with a lot of grief because we have, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, spouses, they're losing their spouse, uh, it seems like uh, too often on a regular basis. And we're they're coming to us for, you know, for help. Um, and we have to bring that energy and help them uh, and, and show them that they, you know, they, they're coming in needing to, and asking for us to to pause a membership or mm-hmm. um, they can't come and meet with their trainer or coach for a while. So um, and we're trying to encourage them to come back in because, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen it with, like I said earlier, my family members and and um, and my first experience with grief was when I was a high school athlete and my uncle had passed away. That was the first time I was 16, 17 at the time. And that was the first time I was really close to him. Um, so, you know, I went into I was a very good athlete. It was a track and field season. I remember having like pan- like must have been anxiety or panic attacks and not knowing how to deal with them. But it was for a, uh, it wasn't um, until my senior year where a coach, one of our coaches identified, you know, I was thinking something was wrong with me. And he's thinking, no, you're just having, you know, you know, grief and you're dealing with anxiety. And um, so, um, and he said, you know, he encouraged me stay with your exercise, stay with your sports. So that's how I dealt with it. And, and seeing our clients deal with it now is more importantly, encouraging our coaches to, to keep them coming in for their mental health and um, how important that is. Yeah, wow. The, the your coach is, was a gift to you to yeah. be able to pinpoint that because I think somebody just saying, no, what you're experiencing is normal um, pertaining to the circumstances is, is, is a huge light lightning moment for um, you know, those mm-hmm. of us who exactly I remember experiencing panic attacks in the beginning. I'm like, what is this? And then I learned that it was it was a really a symptom of the grief. And I thought, okay, I I understand this a little bit more, you know, I'm a little bit more prepared for this. Um, but I think, you know, we're kind of seeing the same thing with some of our older clientele. And I think what they really crave is the compassion mm-hmm. and the companionship and the accountability that coaches and trainers can bring to their lives. And sometimes it's going a little bit above and beyond when somebody's really struggling and, you know, reaching out to them via text or, or um, voice message and checking mm-hmm. in. Sometimes it's creating a group for them. So if you know that there's a few of them who are, who are, you know, feeling lonely and or grieving or just not in a great place and putting them together in a group, just because it, I mean, truly fitness is and working out is super important, but I think the companionship um, and just, you know, having somebody in your corner when you feel like you're alone is more important. Um, and that's what we offer. We offer as trainers is, is a, we are, we're an accountability coach. We're a life coach We're whatever kind of coach a person needs in their life at that moment, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I just checking in, I mean, right. checking in. And, and, um, that's so important. And Lisa, I, I, I want to, uh, if I could just jump over back, jump back to your, you know, your personal message, um, in your story, um, um, and your loss and how much uh the the feeling 
um, that that you and your husband must have been going through. And I said earlier how and how I was thankful for you sharing that. Um, well, what would you say um, to someone? Um, you know, and and someone's coming to mind in our in our fitness facility who this just happened to them. Um, they lost their um, daughter, um, and um, and then her husband got diagnosed with um, stage four cancer. So um, I'm personally trying to you know help you know. And she came in, she just lost it. She was crying and and, and very upset. So. Um, and it took me a second to, to think of words and I couldn't think of anything to say. So I just gave her a hug. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it, it just felt like the right thing to do. And, um, and it, it just, uh, and she just, you know, stopped for a second and she said, and she said, thank you. And that's just like, I really needed, I just really, really needed that right. You know, at that moment. So, um, awesome. what would you, what would you say, or, um, you know, advise, to someone um, who's going through that any loss really right now, um, how could they live in the light uh, light after that loss? Uh, what are some physical and emotional tools you know to help um, that person live their best life? You know um, during this time that you, know, you can share that. I think one of the most important things is um, to give themselves grace uh, through the ups and downs, because there, the feelings can be so raw in the beginning that you do, you start to question if there's something wrong with you. Um, and, and no, there's not, you're grieving and it hurts. And, um, and, and just to be patient. And I think one of the things I didn't ever want to hear was give it time, time heals. Um, time doesn't bring back the people that we love that we lost, but it does have a way of, um, of kind of you giving a, giving you a bigger, bigger picture and perspective of, um, Mm -hmm. what has happened and where you are now. And, um, you know, I, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day who, um, also had a loss and didn't, didn't have any more children afterwards, because I think that's something that I think about is that, I can look at my kids that I have now and see that they're a part of that bigger picture. But, um, and we had this great conversation because I was able to candidly ask her, I mean, how, how does that feel? How, how did it feel? And she said, I found my bigger purpose in, in different ways. You know, she volunteers um, with kids a lot. And she said, I'm able to give a lot of my energy to these kids. She is, um, does lots of volunteer work. She started a foundation. She, and so she's really kind of poured her loss into, um, it to really to fuel her power and her passion now to make the world a better place. And I thought that was really interesting. I think that that is the control that we have when we are, when the world just seems to be against us is to look at it and say, okay, how can I take this and how can I make it, um, how can I honor it? Mm-hmm. How can I do something good with it? Who can I help with it? Because when you start helping other people with your loss, it definitely makes you feel better too. It's a two, it's a two way street. And I, I do, I'm like, I'm grateful for the gift of being able to step into somebody else's shoes when they are really hurting mm-hmm. and say, I understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I've been there and I'm just going to sit with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, and then letting them cry and what you did, giving your hug so good, you know, not being afraid of the grief, being, mm-hmm. being okay, sitting with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think, I don't know if I should jump to this right now, but I, I wrote that little book. I wrote. Um, That's where I was book. going next. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm jumping <laughs> in. You're good. You're good. Um, no, I ended up writing the um, little book because it was, it was what I needed when we lost Brady. It was what I wish I had to give out to family and friends who didn't know what to say and didn't know what to do. And everything was sort of that was being said was falling mm-hmm. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I don't have the energy to tell them what I need, nor do I know what I need. Um, right. And so I thought when I'm in a good place, when I feel like I'm confident enough to write something like this for other people to have at their fingertips, I'm going to do it. And so that's what I did. I, I wrote it to give to the, my son, my surviving son was in the NICU for six weeks, um, the neonatal intensive care unit. And I know that we were given books um, to help us through that time. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote it to give copies to the hospital. I wrote it to give to the um, groups that we joined that were focused on. We joined Sharing Parents, which is a group for parents who've lost babies from conception to eight months old. Because mm-hmm. then it's a different type of grief. They right. had a library. I wanted to put those books in the library. It was just something I could do for this world that I knew was really hard to navigate. And that is where the book came from. And um, what the the title is itty bitty grief book, right? Did I get that right? Yes. um, Itty bitty grief book. It's itty bitty. It has a little longer title. It's not sitting in front of me. Um, Itty bitty grief book, how to help family and friends when they're grieving. Okay. And so it, it's actually, it's part of a series and, um, you know, and I decided to write it that way because mm-hmm. it's the first book I written, I hope to write more. Um, but I wanted a quick hand book. It wasn't one that you're, you're not going to get my personal story. You're mm-hmm. not going to get my personal voice. It was more of a how to, cause I also knew when I was grieving, I didn't want to read about it, other people's grief. I mean, I did, and it would put me in like a darker place. So I, I just wanted a handbook. So I just wrote a handbook. Right. And, and, um, I was going through, I was going through it and you, you really did have 15 um, solid chapters slash messages, you know, in there. Um, can you, can you not, can you elaborate or talk a little bit about, you know, the thought going into as you putting all those together and, um, and how you wanted to um, kind of put it together to help somebody like, like what made you come up with um, those chapters and, you know, at the time and I, and I wrote them all down. So just, uh, but I won't ask you all of them. <laughs> um, but like you, you, you go into um, your first one, you write show up and then you have make a meal. Um, and then you have cliches and um, say the deceased name. And, you know, so, and you go on. So um, did you get those uh, after thinking, oh, okay, I, this is the process and how I was dealing with um, my loss at the time. And I want to help someone through those things or were just, uh, you know, like what was your um, thoughts behind when you were putting that together? Well, I think because I wrote it probably, I started, I think six years after Mm -hmm. um, the loss. So I did have enough time to look back on the bigger picture of all of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember there were certain emotions. So for example, I got a lot of, um, because I had twins and lost one of them. I got a lot of, well, at least you have one. 
And I remember thinking that doesn't take, that doesn't take away from the loss at all. It, it actually makes it harder to feel the joy for the one that I mm-hmm. do still get to mm-hmm. parent. Um, and then, and then, Oh, what's my favorite cliche. Everything happens for a reason. Um, to that, I would say, you know, and sometimes I'll catch myself almost saying it because mm-hmm. I used to say it pre-loss, but, um, but I think now I don't, think everything happens for a reason. I think some things happen for reasons, but I know that everything that does happen, whoever it happens to, um, has the power to bring reason and meaning to what has happened, Mm -hmm. whether it's writing books or it's touching other people with the stories. Um, so I kind of went through some of those cliches that really kind of rang in my head Mm -hmm. and then a meal train. I mean, our community set up a meal train for us and we, it was just my husband and I, cause we had a newborn in the NICU who obviously wasn't eating anything. I have never had a fridge packed with so much food in my entire life. And I just remember thinking, this is all the people that love us. These are the people that love us and care for us. And they can't take away our pain, but they're making us meals. This is why they call it comfort food. And it meant so much. And so I think like, that's why making a meal was in there. Um, I love when people say Brady's name. I think sometimes people are scared that they're going to bring him up and make me sad. Well, I think about him every day. So when you bring him up, it's just, you're showing me that he still exists in your life too, even though he's not physically here. And also, I mean, other than my family that came to the hospital, didn't get to meet him. Right. So it's a little different, Mm -hmm. but I know that when we lose people, we're afraid to like say their names Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think it's a gift that you can give mm-hmm. um, when you do remember, remember loved ones lost. Um, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And when uh, my wife was um, five and a half months pregnant with my daughter, my dad had passed um, before she was born. And so, um, and I share the story w- with a few people, but a lot of people don't know this, but when my daughter um, was born just before that my sister had an aneurysm and she yeah. went into sur- she went into surgery um and they weren't sure if she was going to make it but um yeah. thinking that she she survived but one of the first things that she said to me when she came out of surgery was um i saw dad and he wanted me to tell you um you're gonna have um a daughter with red hair and blue eyes um, wow. and and you're gonna call her name's gonna be avery and um i thought i thought she was hallucinating and she had just come out of surgery and i'm like okay thanks and you know <laughs> you know so um and then you know fast forward my wife we have we have my daughter and she comes out red hair blue eyes and we and we come up with avery um and um the first time when we had brought her home and, and when she was old enough you know right around a year you know a year and a half ish um uh, she was in her room and she sits up and um so she um she looks around the room and she kind of just says papa and she points and um you know like um my wife and i just kind of look at each other and, and we're like we talked to about my dad a lot and so we kept his name alive and we we've done that with our kids so they didn't they didn't know their you know the grandfather but we talk about him so to this day um i think that you know their relationship even though they've never met him is a strong one because we did bring his name up and we did talk about him and um, that feeling alone was just like so eerie that like you know he your yeah. loved ones do your loved ones do live on and they're with you every day and their spirits with you and their energy and 
so I think that's awesome that you you know you, you, that you talk about him and and still he's part of your life and and for and forever will be right. So, um, thank you for sharing that and um and thank you for sharing that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah, and uh, it's just uh, you know I'd like to share that if people you know people just wonder you know about losing loved ones if they're with us or not, and I, I firmly believe that they you know they are they're with us every day. So and in, in some shape or form. So. Yeah. Um, and if we can share those stories and messages with people, you know, who are experiencing grief and or, or loss, and uh, maybe that'll help them, you know. Um, Absolutely. Um, you, know, you know, I hate to say use that term because I think it's cliche is get through it, but um, you know, help them, um, you know, live a better life, if you will. Then see the light. See yeah. the light. Right. I think I think you get to a place where you start to honor um, loss in the sense that you know the day that Brady passed. It was the day after the twins were born. And so that's, that's our Brady day. And we do something fun as a family now, and we celebrate each other and being together. And so instead of a day uh, that in the, the first few years, it was a really, really hard day. Now it's a day that we all, the whole family looks forward to. Um, and, and so, and again, that's, that's in our, in our control to, mm -hmm. to take days that are rather hard days and bring light to them so that, you know, they're, you 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 wake up in the morning you have a warm feeling um right, right. yeah so. no it's um i love it thank you for you know sharing that and um and for listening to mine um lisa sure. if someone wants to buy and get your book um where can they find it um it's on amazon and then it's also i have a website live fit with lisa.com and the you can get the book right at the top header just select book and that'll take you to Amazon. That's a pretty easy way to find it since okay. the title's so long. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. So if anyone's awesome, you know, trying to like um, write this down and bits and pieces of it, um, we'll, well, we'll put it in there for you. So and it's, it's funny because I actually have pulled the book out a few times lately. So, you know, it's been years and mm -hmm. I have to remind myself, what did I say? So mm -hmm. it's even just one that you stick on your shelf and you never know you're going to need it till you need it. Right. Right. Yeah. Need. Yeah. I love, I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to get down there and purchase that for our members as soon as we get off this call. So, um, so I think, uh, um, she'd be very, very grateful for it. Um, Lisa, we're coming to the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you a couple of, um, fun fact and a couple rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Um, Go for it. <laughs> so we talked about this earlier. I uh, hope you had some time to think about it. Um, what is, uh, I like to ask all of our guests to share one little fun fact or talent that they they have or that they don't, their friends don't know, their family may not know. Uh, is there anything about Lisa that your friends, family don't know or hidden talent that you have um, that you want to share? This is always a funny question to me as I shared with you because for some reason, I always think about the things I can't do. I can't dance. I can't sing. I can barely hold an eight count. Um, but I, what? I, I can eat a lot. I eat way more than my husband, which he thinks is really funny. But I said, well, that's the nature of our industry. We never stop moving. Um, what else? I, I wish that I pole vaulted. I wanted to be a pole vaulter, but that wasn't something they did at, you know, high school until later. So that would have been a fun fact I could share with you. And I, I've tried it before. It's really hard. 
<laughs> it, it is very hard, but that would be funny to see you doing in the backyard or something with a pole running. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Hey, it's, it's never too late, right? You can still master I'll that. I'll try game. to steer my kids into it and then, <laughs> and then they can, you know, I'll just jump in for a few practice runs. Right. Right. Hey, when, it's never too late. <laughs> never too late. You can, you can, you can surprise us at the next retreat. You can run yes, out, yes. on the beach with your pole vault. <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, Lisa, if people want to find you, where can they, where can they find you on social media, email? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Instagram, um, in the DMS, Lisa Harrington, Lisa, and then Harrington is with an E H E R R I N G T O N. And then, um, email same L Harrington at gmail.com pretty good there. And, um, and then yes, my, you can find me through my website and that is my trainer, um, book speaking engagement website. I also fithousedavis.com is, um, my business website. And so if anybody's ever in Davis, California, you're welcome to come do a workout on me with me, um, all the above. We're, uh, well, we're, I don't know how close that is to, um, sometimes we have a conference out in, um, Palm Springs. Is that anywhere near Palm Springs? No, it's pretty far. It's, we're close to, we're right in the middle of San Francisco and Lake Tahoe. Oh, good. Okay. So Napa, we, Napa, pretty close Napa. To Napa. give us an excuse to come out there. That's on our, that's on our um, to-do bucket list travel destinations. So. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a story for another time with something I had created on a date night with a, a travel destination board and uh, I'll, oh, tell you awesome. what, I'll tell you about that sometime. We, awesome. We're short on the pins for it right now. So we got to add pins to it. Um, and then Lisa, you're on the Why Not Me podcast. Uh, what does that mean to you? And and any advice to anyone who's questioning themselves right now of, you know, they're, they're not good enough for something or, or have been told that? Put a sticky note on your mirror that says, you got this or I got this since it's on your mirror. And uh, I think anytime I'm nervous about something or taking a leap of faith or taking a risk, I always ask myself the question, how am I going to feel if I don't do this? Um, Because if it fails, I'm going to learn a lot. And if it is successful, that's awesome. But really, truly, how are you going to feel if you don't do it? Because there's, there's nothing we are are sometimes our own worst enemies, our biggest limiting beliefs. And um, if we get past that and we take the leap of faith and we, you know, mm-hmm. yes, me, then really, really incredible things can come to fruition. So I think everybody should, everybody should try something that scares them a little bit um, and and not ask, not ask why, why me? Why should I do that? Definitely you. That's right. Um, well, thanks for your time. You know, you've been fantastic and we'd love having you on. So um we'll have a part two of lisa with your pole vaulting um <laughs> you know, that, you know uh, adventure once you uh, master that craft and uh <laughs> yeah, that, that, might, that might be a rehab recovery episode after i break something so <laughs> we'll just get, make sure we get it on video before you do that so yeah. <laughs> awesome all right well um thanks for your your time it is uh awesome meeting um that little one that ran in earlier so we're gonna i don't think we're gonna edit that i think we're gonna leave that in it's just yeah. It was nice to see you. Great. Thank you so much. You're you're an awesome host. It's been so fun. All right. Thanks. You have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed Lisa's message, story, and example on what it means to turn a very tragic life event into an opportunity to serve and help those who may be facing a tragic event in their own life.
Lisa was very open and honest about who she is as a result of her loss of her son. And I thank her for sharing that. Lisa is truly an amazing individual who serves her community, clients, and most importantly, her family with love and the willingness to always be there for them no matter what. Thank you again, Lisa. You were phenomenal guests and I appreciate you so very much. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like, a five-star rating, and share this episode with a friend. As always, thank you for joining us. And when in doubt, always ask yourself, why not me? Why not now? Have a great day.